welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks for joining us. The Landscape is brought to you by Delta Dental of Ohio. Find out more at deltadentaloh.com. What's our region's greatest asset? Some would argue it's our medical institutions, you might say manufacturing, or our institutions of higher education, but a good case could be made to simply look north toward the shores of Lake Erie. Taking advantage of what the lake has to offer as an economic engine, while making sure it remains safe from pollution and misuse, is the mission of the Cleveland Water Alliance. Here to talk about the work this nonprofit does is Brian Stubbs, the organization's president and executive director. Brian, thanks for being with us today. Oh, thanks for having us, Dan. The Alliance came into existence in 2014, which was a pivotal and rough year for water. What was the background? What was going on then, and how did the Alliance then come to be? Sure, sure, yeah. 2014 was an uh, interesting year in Ohio. You know, folks may recall that's when Toledo's water system was shut down due to an outbreak of a byproduct of harmful algal blooms, a poison called, and a cyanotoxin called microcystin. And, uh, you know, that got, of course, worldwide attention, coverage in all the big national newspapers, but uh, more crucially, just really caused a lot of harm in the Toledo region. Uh, you, you think like you couldn't shower, you couldn't even stop by a Starbucks and get a cup of coffee. It was not a good thing. So, you know, look, in 2014 is when I was hired as the first full-time employee for the Cleveland Water Alliance. It had been an effort of several folks in the city and the civic landscape for quite a few years, going back to, to 2009, really, is when the first idea came along of, hey, you know, we, we need to be a little more deliberate, have a little more purpose around what the Great Lakes and in particular Lake Erie represents for our region. It's crucial for human health. It's crucial for a great society. It's crucial for industry. It's hard to manufacture something without water. And it was that kind of galvanizing moment, if you will, Dan, of, you know, you know, people like, um, you know, our founding board chair, Jenny Griselli Brown, our foundations, several industrial partners like Eaton and others all came aboard and said, we need to do that. But as these things go, it takes a few years to, you know, get get the charter created, get your get your status going, do fundraising. So 2014 is really when we kicked off in earnest. I think for many of us, we look at the lake, we think of it as a recreational place, a place to go water skiing, a place to take the boat out, to go swimming, to go to the beach. Does it take a while for people to understand just how important the lake is beyond that sort of value? Well, Dan, I would, I would argue that even that value sometimes people don't realize. You know, let's start there. Let's say, you know, recreation, you know, for the counties that touch just Lake Erie alone, tourism, fishing, and all of that. That's a billion upon billions of dollars of, of value just in terms of, you know, recreation value alone. Getting people, one, to start there, getting the fact that so many of our people have not even touched the water of Lake Erie, you know, access has always been there. So when we get into this deeper discussion that, you know, your audience certainly is, is more in tune with, which is, you know, the economic value. You know, we've got this precious resource. It's crucial in anything and everything that we make, we manufacture. You know, we also know that we don't want to go back to, you know, 52, 53 years ago when the Cuyahoga River last caught on fire. You know, couple that with, you know, over 11 million people use Lake Erie for drinking water. You know, people are starting to come around, but, you know, it has taken time. It was just invisible. And look, you only need to look at how Cleveland was built out with its back facing the river and its back facing the lake. A hundred years ago, it wasn't, you know, it was considered more of a dumping area. And that was really sad, unlike, you know, Chicago, which came out with 
you know, and adopted the Burnham plan as opposed to Cleveland to say, this is a significant resource. This will be a driver. So getting people to understand that, yeah, it's, it's, it's taken a little while. And, you know, we have this mantra that, you know, Cleveland and greater Cleveland must be, can be, and should be kind of the freshwater capital. You know, we said on 21% of the world's fresh surface water, that's a significant amount in a uh, stressed, a water stressed world. So we're making progress on that. But, you know, we always have to remind people, hey, you know, job creation, you know, from the water economy perspective, some call it the blue economy, I call it the water economy. You know, we've been adding over 300 net new jobs into our sector in Cleveland alone. People get excited when they, you know, announce a new Amazon warehouse or, you know, I was certainly excited by the Intel announcement downstate, which is going to have its own water issues. But the fact that, you know, the jobs connected with that, we're creating more jobs ultimately in the water economy. And we get all this value for human health. We get all this value for economic health, societal health. So, you know, it's it's tying it all in together. That's really key and really important to getting folks' attention. But of course, you know, Dan, out of all of this, you know, it's intriguing because we're getting more and more calls from manufacturers from water stressed areas of the United States and, you know, even internationally wanting to know about, you know, how much water can you deliver if we put in an EV factory, you know, in, in the, you know, somewhere here in the North Coast. So it's it's a conversation that's changing quickly. I have to tell you, I've often talked with my wife about moving to somewhere warmer. She says, you know what, I'm staying where there's clean and clear water. We have a ton of it. I want to be somewhere that has that. If you're in Arizona, that's not the luxury you have. Well, we need we need to clone your wife. We need more of her. <laughs> so let's talk about the areas that the, the alliance really focuses on. You talk about connection, elevation, innovation. Tell us a bit about that those concepts. Yeah. So when when we talk about innovation and technology, look, the the water sector is one of the fastest growing sectors globally, and digital water in particular is, is growing massively. I mean, it's an area you want to be in. Even this week, if you pay attention, which I, I get most people probably aren't paying attention, we had a major announcement, you know, of two companies particularly um, uh, merging together, you know, one being a board member of ours from a company called Xylem, which is a $2 billion water technology holding company, merging with a kind of a water operator, but also a technology-driven company called Suez, you know, for about a $7 billion stock swap. That's going to start getting people's attention. And what we're doing in Cleveland is is really building upon the need. We know where the market is going. So how do we drive innovation? How do we drive technology? And one of the key pieces with that is we've been building out water technology test beds. The ability to come to Cleveland, whether you're based here or based in France or based in South Korea, you can come here and trial your technology in the market get feedback from potential customers, fine-tune your product, and then put it out to market. This level of test bedding, as we call it, doesn't exist for the water industry at this level that we built in Cleveland. So we're using that as a linchpin to, you know, one, bring people, bring all these water tech companies, all these water tech entrepreneurs to Cleveland to trial their technology. Two, We've recently moved into the new magnet space where we have a lot of flex space for these companies. So when they're here and they're trialing their technology, they work out of our offices in the Midtown area. You know, nice new smart office, also connected to manufacturing. We can rapid prototype, you know, improvements to their their technology if we need to. Um, And we get them familiar with what Cleveland has to offer. And, you know, it creates this value proposition of, 
you know, hey, maybe this is a good place for us to launch our company from and hire people from. We have great workforce here. Yes, we've we've got some training to do, especially in the water sector. But um, we bring these companies in and, you know, we can even what we're working on right now, Dan, is investing in these companies early. We're currently raising a five million dollar seed fund to invest in these early stage technologies. So. What we've done here is say, all right, the beacon's on, freshwater capital, people are going to think Ohio, and they're going to think Greater Cleveland as kind of the epicenter of that. That's been the one, one of many programs, but that's the key program. Of course, you know, we also are doing some real interesting work around lead service line detection. We're doing some great supply chain uh, work with a couple of our regional utilities for, you know, some of the chemicals they use and can they actually be generated on site instead of, you know, some factory who knows where and who knows when it's going to get to them. But, you know, testbed, 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 as we say, and, and the interest is high. You know, one conference in Europe over this last summer, we came back with 71 companies that want to deploy and have started deploying trials within the testbeds. Brian, well, it's a delicate balance, of course. You want to help grow the economy by using the lake, but there's the still issue of trying to protect the water. How does the alliance work to make sure both of those happen? Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's a that's a key tenet to what I have built here. When I came in in 2014, I said these these two areas that you just hit on are not mutually exclusive. We can increase and make improvements to water quality while growing the local economy. It can be done, and it now is being done. So the way we do this is, first of all, we're trialing incredible technologies that speak directly to improvements of water quality. As I mentioned previously, you know, we're, we're working on how to accelerate lead service line replacement. Major issue, one only needs to look at what happened in Flint, Michigan, on why this matters. We still have millions of lines that have lead service lines or or solders or welds in them throughout this country. Everyone has to be identified. Everyone has to be ultimately replaced. And if we can come up with a technology that allows us to be done quicker, faster, and cheaper, that improves human health, but it also improves water quality. But, you know, the, the bigger issue here is the Smart Lake Erie. Um, you know, back in 2017, we as a, as a group said, look, our region kind of missed the boat on being a smart and connected city. You know, Columbus, as an example, you know, kind of beat us to that punch. But we said, hey, maybe maybe these other cities have beaten us to being a smart and connected city. Maybe we've got some work to do there. But what if, what if we could be the first smart and connected Great Lake? So to that point, we've been investing heavily as part of our testbed work in all sorts of additional water quality sensors, not only on the lake, but up the watershed. Now, we use it for technology development, technology performance, but what has happened here is we've been able to, you know, create amazing amount of data streams around water quality. And what this does is it allows folks that are in charge of water quality to have better data to do better management actions. And that could be, you know, and, and real-world examples, Ohio EPA, Ohio Department of Natural Resource, Cuyahoga County Board of Health. Uh, the Cleveland Metro Parks, you know, a good example there is um, E. coli. You know, we still have E. coli breakouts from time to time on the beaches, and we tell people, hey, don't get into the water for the next 24 hours. Well, that's still a human grab sample. That's a uh, an employee going, taking that sample, taking it back to the lab. They run it, and then, you know, anywhere from like 12 to 24 hours later, they get the results back. We're trialing technologies that tells us that in real time. 
So the idea here is, you know, one, just through all of our sensors, all of our equipment, making Lake Erie the first smart and connected Great Lake, we have the biggest, coolest, deepest picture of water quality uh, in real time that exists in the world, one. You know, two, if something goes south, we're going to know about it right away. So, you know, we've, we've said, you know, as part of our test bed efforts, there, there's ultimately going to be four of these test beds. Uh, one's the open water watershed, and that's Smart Lake Erie, which I've talked about. The second's a utility test bed. But the third one's an industrial test bed. And as companies are coming here, we're auto-enrolling them into the industrial test bed. Now, it's, it's early days. We're really getting going on this, part of the Intel discussions, uh, which we were brought in early on, are part of that. But the idea here is, hey, we do have water. If you're going to come, we think that can be a good thing, but it has to be done right. We're not going to return back to the Cuyahoga River catching on fire. If you're taking water in, when you release that water, it's going to be in even better shape than the water you took in. We're going to be able to monitor that, but also, more importantly, we're going to help those industrial partners do that. All sorts of cool technologies, water reuse on site for these industrial partners. So, you know, it's it's a deep part of our DNA that you have to do both, and that's how we're approaching it. This episode of The Landscape is brought to you by Delta Dental of Ohio. With offices in Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Dublin, Delta Dental of Ohio is proud to be an industry leader in dental benefits. Together with our customers, providers, and employees, we build a higher standard of oral health care in our communities. And we are more than dental. At Delta Dental of Ohio, we work with entrepreneurs, innovators, and changemakers who are committed to improving the health and well-being of all Buckeyes. Together, we are building healthy, smart, vibrant communities for all. Ryan Stubbs joins us today. He is the president and executive director of the Cleveland Water Alliance. He joins us for the Landscape of Crane's Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Pauletta. Ryan, you have a lot of partnerships. Who are some of the people the Cleveland Water Alliance works with? Yeah, so, you know, we're in, in fancy terms, but some, some of the business, you know, folks, you know, as part of your understand this, we're, we're what's known as an economic development cluster, which is a fancy wonkish way of saying we bring in industry, we bring in government, and we bring in research partners. So at our table, you know, first of all, starting with the industry, you know, companies that include Moen, you know, people think, oh, Moen's a faucet company. No, they're a water company. And we're working with them a lot on smart and connected systems for a smart water home. Imagine having a, um, you know, a sensor embedded into your faucet that would tell you that you've got some adverse chemical in your water sends, a, you know, a, a note to your phone or to your app. So, you know, companies like Moen, Eaton, Odie, Connecticut, uh, these great companies that people probably aren't even familiar are based here, like Jet on the east side, which is a huge septic system company um you know you know based here in cleveland so industrial industry corporate as one 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 leg of the three-legged stool the second of course are research partners and our founding partners were cleveland state case western and kent state we've since brought in other academic research institutions from ohio sea grant bowling green university of toledo and onward and then that third is government and that starts with our utilities and the utilities have been behind us from day one. Of course, the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District, uh, Kyle Dreyfus-Wells, who runs that, does amazing work. She's our, our current board chair. Cleveland Water has been there from, from day one, but we also work with a lot of other utilities, all the way and including even Cincinnati's utilities, part of our lead service line program. So we bring them all together, but you know, also on that government side, 
we work with federal programs or we work with state programs that could be Department of Commerce and the EDA, which has uh, been been real gracious in getting us funding for our test bed work. Uh, we even have a Space Act agreement with NASA for remote sensing. So you start to get a flavor. It's, the ecosystem fairly broad and big, but water touches everything, Dan. You mentioned utilities, and I think for many years, the thought was a sort of an adversarial relationship with private utilities and people who wanted to do conservation and preservation. Has that relationship changed? Well, you know, private private utilities, you know, like in Aqua, Ohio, you know, as an example, is another group that we work with. And in some cases, working with the smaller communities, it's the only way they're going to be able to, you know, kind of keep up with uh, infrastructure needs by having access to the markets that the private utilities give them. There's always a little bit of tension just in terms of making sure the water quality is of a level that everybody can agree to. I think in general, that, that's a, a pretty good place as far as our utilities and our water quality. I mean, you only need to look at the $3 billion that Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District is spending to, you know, get rid of the combined sewers. And that directly led to, a, you know, another part of our discussion, which was, uh, you know, E. coli issues. So, I mean, there's a lot of big investments going on with that that's improving water quality. That being said, you know, you do have stresses, but it's it's in other areas. You know, our stress here is more around nutrient loading, and that's not the utilities, and that's not environmental groups, that's ag, you know. So in our case, we're working a lot with ag, again, on technologies and innovations to keep that nutrient either on the field or, you know, repurpose for something a little more smart. There's always, like, additional value to be extracted out of all these processes and getting people to understand that there's value there and how do you do that. So, you know, given all of that, Dan, you know, I know I think it's been a pretty good relationship um, here you know, in in this century. Innovation is something that you've, you've obviously mentioned that Cleveland Water Alliance is involved in. There's a Freshwater Innovation Fund. What's the purpose? Well, you know, I hit on this a little bit early, but mm-hmm. look, we're seeing amazing opportunities to scale up water technology quickly and fast. However, a lot of these companies don't have access to that typical or traditional venture capital model. And I say that with respect to all of our friends and all of our partners. They just don't have the bench to understand investing in water. It's its own space. It takes a certain level of expertise. And the bench just isn't deep. So for us, having our own fund that we can start investing into these companies, it's, it's going to do a few things. One, it's, it's going to get some companies that are really promising, you know, needed capital at a crucial time to get them to where they can get more of a traditional Series A fund. Uh, two, it's going to help cement those companies here to Greater Cleveland. We're investing in them. We're going to be putting them in our offices, giving them office space. You know, so it, it really creates that kind of workforce and IP growth. Um, you know, here locally and here here regionally. So, you know, it really develops the ecosystem. And I mean, I'll be I'll be honest. I have high, and I'm aiming high, but high expectations on this fund that we we could quickly uh, you know get it subscribed get all the investments made, we're going to start raising a seed fund too and then a Series A fund right away. So when we talk about freshwater innovation capital, talk about the freshwater kind of capital of the world, it's getting all that IP here, getting those investment dollars here, not in Chicago, not in San Francisco, not in New York. It's wide open right now. It's highly competitive, but right now Greater Cleveland's kind of read, you know, leading um, you know, kind of the sector in this innovation and technology space. So it's just going to bring it all home, Dan. 
Finally, no discussion about water would be complete without some conversation about climate change and its effects on what's going on here in Northeast Ohio. Do we face specific, unique challenges in terms of climate change that other regions might not be dealing with? Yeah, every what we're seeing right now is, you know, every region has its its different challenges. Um, we are wetter, you know, but luckily we're really good at dealing with a lot of water. We can move a lot of water yeah. really quickly and we can we can drain out into to Lake Erie. So, you know, there there's, you know, that microbursts and more intense storms. So, you know, dealing with water, much like the Dutch, we know how to do that. We know how to deal with water. The more interesting part of the, the climate discussion is, you know, what we're seeing in other parts of, you know, let's just take the United States. And again, how is water stress impacting industrial output and manufacturing output? And when we talk about that, everybody talks about, you know, droughts and water stress, but it's more than that. You know, it's insurance, it's borrowing rates impacted not by just loss of water, but by forest fires, by, you know, in the case of Houston, by hurricanes, which are more frequent. So, you know, we're a bit more stable in this region, which I think, again, adds to that value proposition of, you know, hey, as you're, as you're manufacturing a widget, you know, be it an EV battery, uh, be it a chip, we're a pretty safe bet from a climate standpoint. That being said, you know, I'd be remiss, you know, it's to say, look, we are having impacts on the Great Lakes. We have a lot less ice. We're not completely sure how that's going to impact some of the ecosystems, the fisheries, and things like that. Another kind of negative is, you know, Lake Erie's a little warmer, and that's agitating harmful algal blooms. That's why we've got to get a handle on that. That's why the governor and his HTO Ohio programs got to get a handle on, you know, what's going on there, because we don't want to see HABs get worse. So we do have some challenges, but uh, we are a little more stable than other parts of the country. Brian Stubbs, thanks for joining us. I think next time we all drive by the lake, we're going to think about it a little differently. Thanks for this conversation. No, thank you, and thanks for having us. Brian Stubbs is the executive director and president of the Cleveland Water Alliance. He joined us today for the Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. We're brought to you with the support of Delta Dental of Ohio. Find out more at deltadentaloh.com. I'm Dan Paletta. Always glad when you can join us, and we'll talk again soon. Oh, 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 oh,